0: child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, this child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. This gospel always reminds me of a story about a preacher in Canada who was said to have the very look of Mr. Christmas. Here's how one writer described him. When he walks, he puffs. When he sits, he plops. He has a permanently ruddy complexion and his eyes are always watered as if they were under the constant assault of a winter wind. Even in July, he is a Christmas card figure. But in December, with mittens and muffler, his head down, hand on hat, trudging through the snow toward the lighted church, he is the very picture of Christmas. That is, until he preaches. Every Christmas Eve, he stands directly in front of the altar and unburdens himself about the birth of Christ. It is at this moment that his real gift appears. The man has bellows for lungs. He always begins softly, his voice a low rumble like the sound of a distant train. The congregation leans forward, hoping to hear what he is saying to himself with so much earnestness. Then the rumble grows to a roar, The train is in the church, pinning people to their seats for 20 long minutes. Once the roar arrives, there is no longer any mystery about what he had been mumbling to himself. What had been a private consultation is now a public proclamation. The Christmas message that blasted from the furnace of this preacher's mouth into the ears of everyone with merciless repetition and hurricane force was this, the wood of the cross, the, the wood of the crib is the wood of the cross. The wood of the crib is the wood of the cross. The story of that preacher also reminds me of a line from a, a John Donne poem. He writes, I need thy thunder, O Lord. Thy songs no longer suffice me. I think that Canadian preacher was on to something. There is at least as much darkness in the Christmas story as light. There is at least as much suffering and sadness experienced at Christmas time as there, there is in any other time of the year. For people like you and me, when we are honest, there is as much that is threatening about Christmas as there is comfort to be found there. Isaiah reminds us why the light came. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them a light has shined. As I said on Christmas Eve, Christmas has always been first for people whose lives were so darkened by what was going on around them that they couldn't imagine things ever changing. It's for people who know what it's like to live in a land of deep darkness, that this light has come. That was Isaiah's promise that we have claimed for the babe of Bethlehem and continue to celebrate, that he is the one who has come to bring hope. And that hope does not deny the darkness we so often face in our lives in big ways and small. The wood of the crib is the wood of the cross. This truth is echoed by these wonderful characters we meet this morning. One of them, old Simeon at the temple. Uh, I have a book on my shelf that I've had since I began uh, as a pastor by Frederick Beekner called Peculiar Treasures. I have all of his books. Uh, he's a delightful author, uh, but in Peculiar Treasures, he just, in alphabetical order, uh, from the A's to the Z's, uh, goes through some of the biblical characters, some of them more obscure than others, some of them uh, not so, and and gives his own sort of treatment to introduce these characters to us in his own humorous but deeply faithful way. So I'm going to let uh, Frederick Beekner introduce Simeon to us. Uh, in his own unique way. Jesus was still in diapers when his parents brought him to the temple in Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as was the custom, and offer a sacrifice. And that's when old Simeon spotted Jesus. Years before he had been told he wouldn't die until he had seen the Messiah with his own two eyes. And time was running out on Simeon. When the moment finally came, one look through his cataract lenses was all that it took. He asked if it would be all right to hold the baby in his arms. And they told him to go ahead, but to be careful not to drop it. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, he said the baby playing with the fringes of his beard. The parents were pleased this punch, and so he blessed them too for good measure. Then something about the mother stopped him, and Simeon's expression changed. What he saw in her face was a long way off, but it was there so plainly he couldn't pretend. A sword will pierce... Your soul, he said. He would rather have bitten off his own tongue than said it. But in that holy place, Simeon felt he had no choice. Then he handed her back the baby and departed in something less than the perfect peace he would dreamed of all the long years of his waiting. King Herod is looking to end the threat of the birth of this supposed king by having all male children under the age of two put to death. He had, by the way, had his own wife and two of his own sons killed, so this is a treacherous leader. The Pharisees and the Sadducees are lurking in the background, Roman soldiers are just outside the door. There is danger and darkness. The wood of the crib is the wood of the cross. We began each of our worship services during Advent through our Christmas Eve celebration last Sunday by reading a poem by Jan Richardson. There's a poem that I've come across that I think is particularly poignant to this Scripture, this theme, Uh, an ancient poem by Yehuda Halibai, an 11th century Jewish philosopher and poet. The poem is called, Tis a Fearful Thing. Tis a fearful thing to love what death can touch. A fearful thing to love, to hope, to dream. To be, to be, and oh, to lose, a thing for fools, this, and a holy thing, a holy thing to love, for your life has lived in me, your laugh once lifted me, your word was gift to me, to remember this brings painful joy, tis a human thing to love a holy thing, to love what death has touched. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, this child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed and the sword, Mary, a sword will pierce your soul also. What kind of blessing is this? Both Anna and Simeon meet Jesus when Mary and Joseph bring him to the temple for worship. And upon seeing the child, these two elderly individuals rise up out of the community to give praise to God. Simeon and Anna are unlikely characters, these elderly truth-tellers. Mary and Joseph, the wise men and the shepherds, the animals, the angels, and now Simeon and Anna, all of them, an unlikely cast of characters who have gathered to hear and to tell, to share this incredible story. And here's the point, as we stand on the verge of this new year. And now you and me. Now we, are part of God's story. The British theologian N.T. Wright says, Luke wants to draw readers of every age and stage of life into his picture. No matter who or where you are, the story of Jesus from the feeding trough in Bethlehem to the empty tomb and beyond has become your story. That promise brings us to today, the first Sunday of Christmas, and the last day of this year. Each of us has been pulled into this narrative, into the story of God's drama of salvation, and onto this island of misfit toys that is the church. This unlikely cast of characters is who we are. Just ordinary people out on a freezing cold Sunday morning, Each with our own history, our own joys, our sadnesses, gathered together as God's people. This story has become our story. With angels and wise men and shepherds and Simeon and Anna, we gather around Christ to hear this good news and tell the story of this wondrous thing that has happened, to tell the truth. Amen. I love Frederick Beekner's uh, treatment of Simeon especially there at the end where he said old Simeon would rather have bitten off his own tongue than have given that blessing to Mary that a sword shall pierce your soul also uh the wood of the crib is the wood of the cross and uh so the story we have entered can give us the faith and the courage to love, even when we know that love can be broken, uh, that grief can overcome us, that sadness is part of our story. The wood of the crib is the wood of the cross, and so therefore, as is true in the promise of baptism, we are wrapped up in Christ, as Paul said in the reading from Galatians. We have put on Christ. We are clothed in Christ, as little Kaya just received that promise. Uh, What she will experience in her life, who can say? There will be great joys and adventure, and along the way, there will be sadness and loss. But all of it is wrapped up in Christ now. That promise has been made. We struggle keeping promises at times. God and Christ does not. That is the point. That's the story we have entered. So we leave one year and we move toward the next as part of this story. We are part of this story. We have heard this story. And we, in our own ways, can look for opportunities to tell it as well as we live out the promise we find in these waters. So we go not in fear, not defeated by grief, but we go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Thanks, be to you God. Love Happy. came down and rescue me. Love came down and set me free. I'm your